Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Draft Offsides. I'm with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith. We're coming at you with a little midweek roundup. It's been a little while since we've been together last. How you guys doing? Doing good, mate. Ready to do this. Been a while. Been a while. The holidays were busy. There were a lot of games and not a lot of games. And we're kind of in the not a lot of games section right now. So half the games have happened. The other half are still coming. Yeah, so game week 21 is a little weird in that sense. It is. I think it's like a makeshift winter break for them. I will say I kind of like it because you're able to like watch more of the games. Because normally, you know, so many games are happening simultaneously. Yeah, I got to watch a few more games. It was nice. Any big takeaways from the winter break? Anything that we didn't get to cover that you really wanted to speak on? No, I think we were going to cover it all on this episode, perfectly honest. I think we already know what the big one is. We'll cover it all. What's the big one? KDB, man. KDB. KDB, he's back. It's pretty It's pretty insane. I mean, is, he's, is he the best player in the league? You know, I've heard this debate if he's like, because there's been so many great midfielders. Is, uh, is, he, is he in the top five best midfielders in the Premiership ever? Of all time? Yeah. Ever? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Paul Scholes, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, you know, Patrick Vieira. There's been some great midfielders in this league. Yaya Torre. I think just how how well-rounded he is. So it's not just the scoring. Like, Lampard had that amazing ability to score, like arrive in the box and score. Gerrard's, like, passing range was so amazing. You know, Yaya Torre was just so strong on the ball. I think he does so many of those things, which I think to me is why he's top five, if not one of the best ever. But he's always injured. That's not, that not was my, really that's my problem. Not really. Last, last couple he's had, of years, he's had a one injury. The last, it's been like a year of like the same injury that he's been playing through. But like, if you look at his career prior to that, it wasn't that bad. And I mean, when he plays, he's the best. Yeah, true. All right, should we get into studs and duds, guys? Let's get into studs and duds. Let's start it off. Let's, let's kick it off with the first stud, who is actually who we were just talking about, Kevin De Bruyne. KDB boys. Came back, take a bow, KDB. He played 20 minutes, came on. He had that goal. He had the assist. Uh, finished second with 24.5 fantasy points. Just shows how important he is to that team. And it's also kind of been amazing how good City has been this year, that they've been essentially top two, three the whole year without maybe not the best player on the team, but the most important team on the uh, – the most important player on the team who essentially makes everything go. So um, I do think he's probably one of the greatest – midfielders in the history of EPL when it's all said and done he will be go, go down especially attacking midfielders the guy does everything and his brain works in a different way he seems like uh, to be ahead of everyone one step ahead of everyone agree I mean I was the unlucky son of a bitch that had to uh, play him this week there you know you didn't start you think that who would, who would start this guy in their right mind Derek Derek started KDB even though he didn't start and so and I, you know, 80, 60 minutes in, I'm thinking, this is fine. Even if he comes on, like, what, what's the worst he can do? That's the worst he can do. He can score and assist a goal in less than 20 minutes. Ridiculous. Insane. Ridiculous. But it, the craziest thing, too, it's not even like it was like a game where they're up and he came on. It was like, it was like crucial. He scored like the game tying goal and then the, and then assisted the game winning goal. You know, those are like crucial, crucial moments. That pass was beautiful. Just on a fucking plate. Couldn't be any better. Bob with two Bs. He's just one of those players that just has that little extra. Like, does that little thing, that extra little pass, extra little moment, just that makes him really special. 
We, we, there's nothing else to say about him. I mean, okay, this is this is this is what I want to ask. Would you trade like a Bakayo Saka for a KDB right now? Yeah. Yes. Like, do you think? Like, do you think KDB is gonna be better than Saka rest of the season? Yes, hundred percent. Yes. You think so? I think. I think I. If I knew that KDB was gonna be healthy the rest of the season, I would too. But that that'd be the one fear. And like to Enzo's point, like he does get injured sometimes and coming off a major injury. But I think that's like pretty. I kind of agree. I think KDB is going to score more points than Saka rest of the season. I think that's a good show. All right, moving on to the next stud on here, Pedro Poro of Tottenham fame. He was the highest scoring player. He was projected to have nine point nine nine points, uh, and he finished with twenty five point seven five. He had that assist from the corner, and I did some research. Uh, he's actually the third highest scoring defender for the whole year, behind Trippier and Trent. And all top three defenders, they actually take the corners for their teams. So th- there's definitely value in that. And I think he's actually ranked like top 15 for the whole year amongst all, all position players. So Poro's been amazing, um, been scoring a lot of points, and he's been great for Tottenham as well. And so what do you got to say about him? When he gets those corners, he puts those corners in the right spot nearly every time, man. I can't tell you how much I hate. It doesn't matter what player he is. When they put that cross in, it doesn't get past that first man. He puts it right on the six-yard box, man. He makes it difficult. Uh, not surprised. Um, I think Tottenham, and this is me being biased probably, but I think we have the best pairing of uh, fullbacks in the league by far. Definitely biased. Actually, I mean, that that might be true. You don't think so, Tico? You're shaking your head. I don't think so. I'll take Trippier and Burn. Um, Liverpool, when they're healthy, obviously, they just have Trent right now. But I don't think I think those two are better pairing. Yeah, I said pairing, pairing. Yeah, Dan Burn, pairing. Kieran Trippier. Pairing, yeah, checkmate. <laughs> That's a shout. I mean, obviously Trippier. Dan Dan Burn's a little interesting. Like you're saying, like Trippier's so good that he makes up for Dan Burns' exactly like, yes issues, yeah. and that 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 drags him, makes him better. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> That's some bullshit. But, but yeah, I mean. Pa- I was, I've been thinking about Pedro Poro a little bit because I think at the beginning of the season, I was pretty low on him. I was pretty down on him because I just felt like he – Conte just did not know how to use him, I guess, and it made him look really bad. And so watching him just in the Premier League, I was like, this guy's not able to cut it defensively. Now it's amazing seeing what Ange has done and like totally just unlocked him in a new way, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, so he was a total steal. And where, where he was going – relatively early in drafts. There was some definitely some hype around him. But yeah, so good for him. Excited for him. It's amazing to be this the highest scoring player and also not even get the clean sheet points as a defender. So he they let in he got minus what minus four, four. minus four, yeah. Two goals let in. So where did his, where did all his points come from? They came from one assist. Crosses into the box. Key passes into key yeah, key passes, tackles, clearances. Are you just naming every category? Because he's an all-round player, mate. <laughs> Block shots, one. Interceptions, three. Key passes, five. So you got 10 points from key passes. And then the assist. Shots on target, one. Okay. Starts to add up. That's pretty impressive. I think now with that with that back line really solidified for Tottenham, you're probably going to see Poro getting high up the field too because they can trust that Van de Ven and Romero are there. It's not like Emerson and all these like sketchy center backs in there, you know? Where Pedro yeah. Martin just stay home a little bit more. So I think his value could only go up. Yeah, we got our defenders back and we lost our attacking players. It's great. All you need is Richarlison, <laughs> baby. That's all you need. Little Richie. Little Richie Rich. 
Richie. That was a sweet little header, actually. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Moving on, uh, honorable mention for the studs. How do you pronounce this guy's name? Chiodozi Obongwe? Ogbene. Do you guys want to try? Ogbene? Ogbene? Yeah. From Luton Town, the forward. I mean, he's been a pres- he's a presence up there. You you watch him play. I mean, and he's pretty impressive. He's just big and strong, and definitely like getting on the backs of people. I haven't really watched too much of Luton of Benny, but seeing what the he's only rostered nine percent from what Tico's saying right here, but he has been scoring decent points. So, but it's Luton. I'm I mean, sure. we don't trust the team, but we trust the players. Uh, he had the third highest point total, which was funny. Is he had no goal contribution so it didn't have a goal or an assist and he's only rostered at nine percent i kind of took a deep dive in this i don't know why so and the he hasn't really his average is not that high but when you look at the 12 games that he played more than 45 minutes he's averaging 8.7 points in those games which is respectable uh so for him, it's just a matter of he's not getting opportunities. I mean, he kind of should have had an assist too because he blocked the goalie off for that one. But that was almost like an assist. <laughs> no, no, but um, I, yeah, I mean, I think I kind of like agree with both of you. I think Luton is not necessarily the most exciting prospect, but also you look at like Alfie Doughty, you look at uh, Ross Barkley. I think they're both super viable players now that are scoring a lot of points. So who's to say there isn't an attacking player that like they're what Barkley and Dowdy are whipping those balls into somebody. So he's yeah. the guy he's kind of, it seems like he's kind of taken that role from uh yeah. So he's kind of up there. He's doing, he's doing the, he's doing the work up there, you know? Yeah. Let's see how he does in the next few games. See how he does in the next few games. Absolutely. I think he's definitely one to monitor, but I mean, I think the forward position is so fickle that, he, you know, he scores a goal next week. He's going to shoot up to 40% owned, you know, I feel yeah. like that's how, that's how it works. So moving on to duds though, Nathan Aki, the top one. So, uh, he was projected to have 11.36 points. Uh, he finished with negative three, um, obviously letting in those two goals, but uh, he was kind of on fire. He had back to back 10 point games. And when I looked into it, he's also uh, another player that produces points when he gets a, a full 90 minutes. Uh, the problem, like we say about Man City, is just a, a roller coaster of players, carousel of players that always uh, start, especially for defense. But I think on their back line, he's the only defender that is worth owning as of right now until there's some more consistency from other people. But uh, yeah, Nathan Aki had a dud game, negative three points. I think he was the lowest scoring uh, player so far. Man, I have this like addiction to the man, like Man City defenders and their goalie, and I just can't kick it. <laughs> I just cannot like get away from that because I just see them available, and I've just like watched City play for so many years. I'm like, they they have to start getting better. That's I literally think that every week. I'm like, this is the week where they're going to keep a clean sheet and turn it around, and just it never freaking happens. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Uh, just keep picking them up, Keith. Just keep picking them up. Gonna happen sooner or later, Keith. I picked up Ederson. I was like, this is the week that Ederson's Ederson's gonna like finally keep a clean sheet, and then he has like three easy games after this. Is yeah, he even gonna no, play didn't now? Didn't he have a bone popping out? Holy <laughs> Oh my god, that looks so bad. Oh, oh spooky. <laughs> it was spooky. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, don't, I think he's uh, out for a while. Yeah, you should pick up Ederson, Keith. <laughs> Well, I mean, I need to. I, need, I might pick up Ortega. <laughs> I do have a little. 
That's a, you'll know if I'm still uh, if I still got an issue. If I'm if I'm playing Ortega next week, you guys, that's when you need to like have an intervention. Speed. But um, yeah, I feel like the Man City defense is just hard. Like who? Like Kyle Walker. Obviously, he got an assist last week, but normally he's pretty low. Like we've talked about that in the past. He doesn't really like fantasy points wise. Don't really live up to how he is an actual player. Vardial is playing out of position, playing that left back role, which is crazy to me. It's crazy to me that Vardial, who's one of the, considered one of the best center backs in the world a year ago, is now like a very mediocre left back. You know? Yeah. So. So it's weird over there, and like John Stones is maybe coming back, and I don't know what that means for anyone. Like I don't know, you know. No idea. Don't know what's going on with that. It doesn't seem to matter either because they're still in the title race. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. It fully doesn't even matter. All right, moving on to the next dud. Dominic Calvert-Lewin of Everton. Uh, against Villa, finished with three points. Uh, he's He has five games in a row now without goal contribution. For a starting forward, that's pretty shitty. And uh, from those five games that he has zero contribution, he played at least 60 minutes plus um, in three of those games. And going back 10 games, he only has one goal contribution, just a lone assist. So he's been getting the minutes, the opportunities, the playing time, but I personally don't see there's any opportunity there. Even when um, the whole team was doing well, I don't think he was producing that well. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty down on him. Yeah, I'm down on him too. I think if I if I owned him, I don't think I would be starting him anymore, but I don't think I'd be dropping him either. I think he'd just be on the bench. God, I think he's I still a good enough asset that you have to hold on to him. I fucking own him, man. I fucking own him. He's been shite. Fucking shit! <laughs> I was just about to say I'm gonna fucking drop that motherfucker. I'm done with him. It doesn't get. He hasn't been doing shit. Get me like three points. It's like nothing. And I'm worried about this next one he's about to talk about because that's two of the fucking duds and they're both on my team. Explains a lot. So what? And so you think? Would you? Would you drop? Are you thinking about dropping? Can't but the thing it? is, who am I gonna pick up? What other forward can I pick up right now in any yeah. ten man, twelve man league? There's like no forwards there. Oh, they are scarce. They are sparse. Right? I don't know. We just talked. Not that many. Benny, Yeah. Ogbeni. But yeah, I, I think Kava Loon has enough pedigree that you kind of have to hold on to him and hope that he f- turns it around a little bit and starts getting some goals. That's my we'll thought see. there. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, honorable mention. One of Enzo's guys. Mickey Van de Ven. Pro- Projected to have 7.29 points. He finished with negative points, Enzo. Negative 1.75. After, what was it, two weeks ago when we recorded, you said he went the whole year without giving you negative points. He doesn't hurt the team. I'll take him. Defend yourself, Enzo. You jinx. I can't defend myself because he got negative points. I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. I fucking jinxed it. I'll defend for you. I think he was just coming off a long term and he was just coming off a long term injury. Cut him kind of some slack, Tika. Yeah. You know, you. I thought he actually played pretty well. He had a few little rusty moments and that's you know, but I think overall he played pretty well. I think that team's gonna be pretty good once they get like one more or one or two more attacking players healthy or back. Just need Sun to go out of the Asian Cup and Saul to come back from the FCON. And I think we'll be right. We've got Matters coming back. It's going to be fucking nasty. So, Enzo, are you actively rooting against Korea now? I wouldn't say I'm actively rooting against them. I'm hoping for a couple draws so that, you know, they save some face. But I wouldn't mind them popping out and then Sun coming back. Just just say you're actively rooting against them. Just be a man about it. I like Korea, <laughs> but 
but I would like Sun to come back as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not questionable. So you just say it. Just say what you say it. Say you want. All right, I'm I'm rooting against Korea. I'm sorry, and I'm rooting against Senegal. I'm sorry. There we go. <laughs> okay, okay, there we go. Okay. All right, love to hear it. Okay, moving on to the game weeks. We're just gonna blow through these games. Um, yeah. The first one: Burnley one, Luton one. And Doomy scored. Carlton then Carlton Morris scored in extra time with the Alfie Dowdy assist. The, really, the only thing I think there is to talk about this game is that decision at the very end with that. If that was a goal or not, or if that was a foul. Did you, Enzo? What did you think? I, I've heard a couple people go back and forth, but he he was making a mess of it coming out. He he did not look confident coming out for the ball, like the whole game. So I think, like in my head, I agree with one pundit where he said he he went out for it, knew he wasn't going to make it, and he just freaking made a mess of it and tried to make out like it was a foul. So I don't, in my opinion, it's not a foul. But if you go on the rules and how you see it all the time, as soon as you touch a keeper, usually it's a foul. So, but I'm more on the on the side of it wasn't a foul. When I watched it, I thought, oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a foul. That's gonna come back. You know, like when I like when I watched it in real time, I was like, oh, that's coming back. There's no way that stands. I was pretty shocked, but I will say that like watch seeing it again in slow motion, I feel like that like shouldn't be a foul because like Abonge was kind of going for the ball and like the keeper was coming out and they were just going in the same direction and ran into each other. Like it wasn't like this like thing where he like boxed them out. You know, it was like, it wasn't this thing where he like hip checked him. It was just like, they ran into each other and that's, that happens. And like keepers should have some protection, but they're not gods. Like, you know, they need to be able to, you know, you need to be able to stand your ground against the keeper. So yeah, man, 50, 50. It was probably the right call. Yeah. Is Ndumi interesting at all to you? I feel like he's as a player, he only gets points when he scores though. Like, you know, like I feel like a good fantasy player, even games where they don't score goals get, still can get like generate some points and i feel like with indumi when i, I kind of like when i look at his weeks like the weeks that he doesn't get a goal or an assist there's like he has like nothing going on yeah it's been so, minimal a little, i'm not underwhelmed there yeah can easily move on from, like it's I, I like him on the eye past the eye test but fan tracks no and then morris this is his first goal in 14 weeks 14 game weeks so I think if he's still even on your roster, it's probably just worth dropping. He hasn't even been starting. He came off the bench. You know, I know he had, he started a little hot, so people were kind of on him. But but yeah, that's that. Should we move on? Move on. Yeah. Oh, also, just quickly, Ross Barkley needs to be picked up in every league, but I think he probably should be just about at this point. Okay, next game: Chelsea one, Fulham zero. Palmer scored a penalty in the dying minutes of the first half. Another, yep, scored it. I mean, he scored. He's 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 nice with it when it comes to the penalty, but afterwards it leaves a lot to be desired for the celebration. We've talked about it a few times on here, but that that like ice cold celebration he does is just like not it's not working. No, it's, it doesn't fill me with confidence. And I feel like if you're gonna do that, do it like I get it. You do that's your celebration, but you're scoring penalties. And I keep saying this. I've said it before. It's just a penalty. If he's scoring bangers or even like getting in good positions and knocking the ball in the net. It's a good. That's a good celebration to have. But you're not. You're not ice cold Palmer when well, you score a penalty. It's just a fucking penalty. What if? I mean, we've only seen him celebrate on a penalty. What if if he score, scores like a banger, he sells it more and is like more chilly and more stuff. So maybe it depends on how good the goal is on the celebration. <laughs> the first goal he whipped it out wasn't a penalty, and it was pretty weak. So I like that theory, Tico, but I don't think that's the case. 
It's just fucking shit. Not that's the case. But he's he's doing well for Chelsea. He's like he's a key man for them. I mean, beyond the goal too, like he was the only one that looked like was going to make things happen. Make things happen. Three wins in a row for Chelsea. Do you guys feel like they're starting to upswing, or is this a false dawn? Another false dawn because there's been a few false dawns with Chelsea. Man, well, they just got to get a couple more results, and they don't have to be wins, but they can't be losses. Perfectly honest. So let's see if uh, if they got the momentum to keep on going. But three wins in a row is still impressive. Uh, they've been looking good, better as well. But f- two of their next four games is against Liverpool and Man City. And then they have Tottenham. So it's going to be a t- good test for them. Um, we'll see. But second half, shoot, Chelsea should be better in the second half. Yeah, I think we're going to see them like get a little bit better overall. But I think you're still going to see the odd just like weird result from them. That's going to be super disappointing. I think that's what I'm yeah. expecting. And I think until Nkunku comes back healthy, like fully fit too, I think that that, that attack is just not, there's just lacking a little bit. And like Palmer's really great, but he's also still very young. And so to expect him to be able to carry the load every week is a lot. Okay, moving on, next game, Newcastle 2, City 3. I think every single one of these goals was phenomenal. There's just five like very good goals in this game. Five of the like I think like collectively these were the like the five best goals in a single game that we've had all. It was a good bloody game, man. It was a good game. I enjoyed watching it. Newcastle were unlucky. It was just De Bruyne doing De Bruyne things, man. So, but it was a really good game. Really good game. I think the noteworthy things obviously were we, we talked about KDB, but then the other things too was Isak getting a goal. I thought that was a that was a vintage Isak goal. Um, mm-hmm. Gordon, same thing. Like oh, their their goals are pretty similar, but those are just the two. Like the both those guys are so good for them. I think Gordon's probably one of the surprises of the season too, just the way that he's just continued to contribute. I think he's up to like 12, 13, 14 goal contributions this year, which is phenomenal considering where he was getting going in drafts. And then Bernardo Silva too. Like how important is Bernardo Silva for, for City? Very. It's so crucial. And that goal was just like absolutely sweet. Class. You know, it was outlandish, man. What a finish. The audacity. I think, uh, I think City wins the league without, without I think it's not even going to be close. At this rate, I feel like I feel like as much as I think that Liverpool might push him a little bit, I think Liverpool is going to drop some points somewhere. Well, I don't know if you guys saw Holland also had a setback during training, so he's going to be out a little longer than anticipated. Maybe miss a couple extra games, so we'll see how it is. But they did get, like we mentioned, KDB back. They got Doku back as well, um, who didn't who had a decent game uh, fantasy wise. But City's getting healthy at the right time, middle of the season, which is weird to say because this is when like you know injuries tend to happen, but. They're kidding Kelty in the middle of the season, which could be a very scary thing. Could be a very scary thing. All right, moving on to the next game. This was Everton 0, Aston Villa 0. This game was an absolute snooze fest. Mm-hmm. And so I see your note here. 97 games in the Prem. First nil-nil draw for Emery. That's pretty wild. Yeah, and that's, that's the only highlight of the game. <laughs> the only yeah. highlight. Yeah, I think better, we'll expect better things for both these teams. But these teams both have pretty high, like, XG. You know, like, both of them tend to score a lot. So, I don't know. I'm not – I just think it's just one of those things. Sometimes these games happen. I think it was cold and windy and rainy. And I think they just were, you know, just one of those yeah. moments. I'm not a fan of the XG stats anyway. I think it's it's one tool. It's a tool. You look at it, but you don't you don't take that as gospel. That's the way I look. You yeah. know, that's the way I think about it. Enzo hates information. Uh, you know, I wouldn't use that as like my. Uh, Enzo hates information. Enzo hates learning, <laughs> and numbers. Stuck in my old ways, man. Stuck in my old ways. 
Fucking his way. Okay, moving on to the next game. United 2, Spurs 2. This was a good game for like 60 minutes. The first, I thought the first 60 minutes of this were very good. And then I kind of got a little bored after that. But uh, what best thing about this game was we saw a Hoyland goal. We saw a Richarlison goal. We saw a Timo Werner assist. And we saw a Rashford goal. So those are like four things that don't happen that often. Or used to not happen that often, but maybe now this is the new uh, the new normal, huh? Oof, jumping a bit ahead of yourself there, I think, Keith. Like, what was that? Rashford, Rashford's first goal in a while. It's Hoyland's second. And, yeah, it was a great finish. Roofed it in the back of the, back of the net. But, you know, it fell kindly to him, but you still had to finish it. Uh, Rashford, he, he, he actually had this probably one of the best games I've seen him this season. And, unfortunately, it was against the Spurs. But it was the best I've seen him. Is he going to be able to carry on? Is he going to do the same thing he did last year and have a great second half of the season? We, we'll see. Timo coming on. I thought, you know, a couple of his shots were a little bit wayward. Uh, but getting that assist will, you know, help him, help his confidence. This was United playing against a Tottenham team that was full of injuries. So, and I feel, I still feel Tottenham played the better, were the better team, even though we came back from behind twice. I think we had opportunities to win. I know Man United had that one chance at the end with a, uh, McTominay header in over the top, but everyone's forgetting that we hit the post and the crossbar before that. So, Tom, I was more happy with Spurs than I was with uh, Man United. Bruno Fernandes had another uh, pretty average uh, fantasy game. Uh, he's been struggling the last few weeks, but the Rastro was nice to see him on the scoreboard. And uh, that goal was assisted by Hojlund. So, Hojlund had a goal and an assist. Uh, some people might say my studs and dust are a little biased, but I did not include him. It was great to see him. It seems like once he got the first one in, he was going to score more often. And I know it's been only one game after and he scored. You know, we said it beforehand. We thought he's going to score more goals after getting the first one. We'll see how it goes. So, so far, last two games, two goals. Ten more to go, baby. And I win my bet. <laughs> hey, it's hey, it's possible. Where's your crystal ball? Tell me this crystal ball that you guys are both looking at that makes you think he's going to score more goals. Just go listen to our previous uh, podcast episodes. And so I think it's just he's doing a lot of good things and eventually like they're just going to start falling for him like and now that like once that first one goes the floodgates open you know he's getting in good positions you know gets a little lucky here and there the right fall i don't know 10 goals might be tough but i think he's gonna get quite a few more i mean what how, how many games he has uh 17 games to get 10 goals yeah that's not crazy at all he's still gonna play liverpool aston villa man city okay but he scored against Tottenham. That's not saying much. Everyone scores against Tottenham. Says <laughs> Luton Town, Burnley, Everton, Nottingham, Sheffield United. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's got it all. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm excited to watch more Hoyland. I hope that they do. I hope United does better in the second half of the season. Even though I don't necessarily like United, I just just for the sake of the league. And just for the sake of when they fail again, that it's that much sweeter. Because right now it doesn't even feel that sweet to watch them fail. Otherwise, I think that Richarlison goal was really well taken. I th- kind of want to touch on Werner too. He, I thought he actually looked pretty good. I, I thought there were moments where he just was Timo Werner. You know, like he was just like he would just like run ahead, like run straight forward, and it was just so kind of obvious. But I think the difference between Chelsea and Tottenham is that in the Chelsea team, he was expected to be the a big goal scorer and to do so much and. He just wasn't that guy. And with Tottenham, like he's not expected to score 20 goals a season. Like I don't think anyone expects that from him. So if he can just come in and contribute and just be like a just work hard and like be a system guy in that team, I think he could be really great for them. I don't expect too much. I expect them to be coverage, which is good depth. I also want to touch base. I sent you guys a text message over the weekend on Richarlison. 
who has seven goals now, which is more than anyone on Arsenal. Same thing with Nicholas Jackson. <laughs> and both of them are tied for 10th overall in goals. So th- these are two players we've made fun of a lot. But Richarlison, more goals than any- anyone in Arsenal. He also has three assists which is would be third best for Arsenal, a team that was one of the favorites to win the EPL. So Richarlison, we apologize. He's been amazing. I think he has like six goals in the last six, game, six games too. Yeah, six and six. I thought we apologized a while back. I think we've been on the Richarlison hype train for a while now. No, have we not? Yeah, no, we have. I've been on the Richarlison yeah. hype train. I, I've, been, I've been into it. I asked for consistency and he gave it. I've been back in Richarlison. I, I root for that guy. The second I heard about that surgery that he had to repair that little injury, I was kind of back on him. So I was like, oh, like you've been carrying an injury this whole time. And like, you, how many times do you hear about that where these people, these players, they play, they're trying to play through something. And they're just not, they're just not the same. I don't know. And it seemed like he got like some mental health help after that. That was, pre- it was pretty dark there for a minute where he was like crying on the bench for Brazil and stuff. Like that was yeah. pretty sad. Yeah, so. you should never should never make fun of that stuff. It's a good it's a good story. I'm totally rooting for Richardson. I think he's only going to get better too. Like the one thing I will say about him is throughout his career he's been a very streaky player. So you just hope that this is like a new he's like a new maturity and he can be consistent and it's not just going to be like he gets cold and goes another 30 games without scoring. Because if that happens, I wouldn't be like absolutely shocked either. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as much as I don't want it to. Okay, moving on now. Those are the games. So this is just half of the game week. The next games are next weekend. So then we're going to just talk. We're just going to bust through some like some of the noteworthy transfers that have happened in the league since we've last spoken. Just go through, them, through some teams. The first one on here is Burnley. And they're bringing in uh, Fofana from Chelsea. Who Fofana, he was on loan, I think, somewhere in Germany mm-hmm. or Spain. But he wasn't wow. getting a lot of playing time. Yeah, he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. So now he's going on loan to going on loan to Burnley. Do you is do you think he has any sort of value from a fantasy perspective? I don't know. Can he can he get some goals from? Is he going to get opportunities at Burnley? They wouldn't bring him in on loan just to have him on the bench, you know. So I, I think he'll get a couple of opportunities if he can bag a goal or an assist. He'll get a couple a run in the team. And if he can get like even if he gets you like three four goals and a couple of assists, I think he'll be. Uh, a good pickup. Watching him play last year, son, when he was at, when he was on the team, he was very raw. Like he, you know, he didn't have a ton of. He wasn't very silky, and like positionally, was a little weird. But I think on a Burnley team, you never know. I, we'll see. I think Burnley kind of needs some help, so so we'll see. Yeah. I just, I think he. I wish he had gone somewhere else. I don't think with, at Burnley it's gonna. I don't. I just. I'm not trying to get Burnley players. There's just nothing. <laughs> Nothing going on there that excites me. Okay, moving on. No one, no one's in at Liverpool. Carvalho was loaned a hole, so nothing there. City, a really young player. I don't think there's anything to really talk about that. From Man no. U, all all departures, huh? Reg, what about Regulon? So I heard that he might go to Brentford. So Regulon left United, went back to Spurs, and now he get might get loaned to Brentford. What's Ange's deal? He doesn't trust him. Honestly, I, I would have been happy to have him as a backup for for uh, Udogi. Uh, I'd rather him than Ben Davies. But the way I'm thinking about it is, is that we got Van der Ven who can play left back. We got uh, Dragusin who we just brought in that can play right back. So maybe maybe that's what he's looking at. We have the depth. We don't need him. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really interesting that he got uh, he was loaned out in the first place. But yeah. I think at Brentford, maybe. I mean, may, I mean, just depending. I th- I feel like he is a he is a good attacking player, right? Like I feel like he's kind of known for his like his ability to get up and down the field. His defending's lackluster. Yeah, but I think in a, in a Brentford team that's kind of struggling for attack, 
there, there might be something there, but I don't know. Again, not someone I'm super excited about. Yeah, but I put in the Man United outs because it, it seems like they got rid of some actually decent players, and you wonder why. I know they're not being u- utilized as much. You know, the Sancho one makes sense, but the Donny van der Beek, I know they got rid of Regulon because they weren't using him that much, but again, it's a little bit of depth for, you know, a player like Shaw who tends to get injured here and there. I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going on at Man United, and they haven't brought anyone in. So I think I saw something else uh, for Sancho. He was uh, doing an interview. Uh, they asked him a couple of questions, and he kept saying sorry because he had a hard time hearing. And someone put Ten Hag is probably upset hearing he's already apologizing in uh, Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Sancho is going to do so well, and it's going to make United look so bad. Like, how could you not get more out of this guy? Yes, silky player, man. Um, another noteworthy transfer in is uh, Barrington Diaz coming into Sheffield. He was uh, he had he was previously on Blackburn, went to Villarreal, and now is on loan to Sheffield. I actually weirdly kind of follow Blackburn a little bit because when I first started watching the Premier League I really liked Blackburn as a team it was like when Mark Hughes was the coach and they had like Benny McCarthy and a couple other players Morton Gamps Pedersen a couple other guys that I kind of liked so I like I kind of keep a tabs on Blackburn so I kind of knew who Barrington Diaz was and he's a he's a pretty good player like I pretty interesting that he's at Sheffield so we'll see I don't know like, I feel like Sheffield if they are going to turn a corner, he would be the type of guy that would be able to turn a corner. He's pretty good in possession. He's quick. He sends a good ball in. I think he's the type of player that uh, Sheffield needed. So there's, I think there's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Well, I like the fact that they actually, you know, brought in an attacking player because they saw they needed to score goals. And they brought in a player that, you know, is familiar with the league. All right, he only scored 48 and 144 for Blackburn, but that's still 48 goals he scored. So I think he'll bring a different dynamic to that Sheffield team and maybe uh, bring him up to life, hopefully. Yeah, I think he's also he's gonna send ball. He he can like get past the man and send a ball in. So I think it's I think it's I think it's a good move for Sheffield. We'll see if it's like fantasy relevant, but I think it was a good good smart move for Sheffield. Okay, moving to Tottenham, we've talked a little bit about Timo Werner. Do you guys? I mean, we've talked a little bit about it, but do you guys have any like strong opinions about it in general? Not a strong opinion. Not a strong opinion. It was. It's a great deal for both sides. You know, it's a six-month loan with no obligation to buy. Um, he gets to play football because he's going to get game time, especially in the next month or so. Um, but it's a great. It's a great deal for both sides. I think he might work in this system. Um, it, we, we'll see. He already got his own one assist. Um, but for both sides, I think. A six-month loan deal is perfect for Tottenham right now. And if he does well, don't be wrong. I think it's it's cheap too. I think it's like twelve million to buy him. So again, we're doing we're going doing some good deals. Tottenham has nothing to lose if he works out great. If it doesn't, let him go. And for Timo, it's a chance for him to get back into the EPL. Not sure if he wants to or not, but he has a month, like you said, he's going to get the opportunity to play with the with Tottenham situation. So it's a great deal on both sides. Fully agree. Great deal. I think also, like, when you realistically, I kind of mentioned it, but, like, he's just not expect the expectations are way lower. So I think that that works in his favor. Because, like, realistically, like, if everyone's healthy and everyone's back for Tottenham, like, he doesn't start. No. I think there's, you know, like, Son, Madison, Kulisevsky, Richarlson, they all start ahead of Werner. But yeah. having Timo Werner come off the bench and add that dynamicism is huge. Like, that's that's a huge player to come off the bench and be able to just, like, run at defenses and absolutely terrify center backs. So I think that's a, I think it's great. It's a luxury. Yeah, it's total luxury. And then the other big signing from Tottenham is Dragusin. Dragusin. Pronounce it, Lenzo? 
Dragosin. You're good. Dragosin. Yeah, so I, I think he's like a third center back, really, huh? Like I don't I don't see him if if everyone's healthy, he's probably not gonna get a ton of starts, but someone to someone just to watch and keep in mind. Someone that, that you, if someone goes down, you know, you can feel pretty comfortable slotting him in, it seems like. Is that kind of the right right thought there? Exactly. Look at what happened when we lost Van Ven, then we lost Romero. We didn't have anyone back there. We had what Ben Davies and Romero that were starting, starting there. Um, Tottenham very busy in the transfer window already. I think they've been the busiest team so far because we're getting our business done early, which I think Ange wants. But Dragosin's it's all about depth now. We we knew what the issues were at the beginning of the season, and it looks like we're, we're trying to get that depth. I love that. Okay, just the other noteworthy things is the Dyer to Bayern. Like, so Do- uh, Dyer is officially, Eric Dyer is officially out of Tottenham. Hell yeah. And those dancing over here. Freaking diarrhea. Good for him. Don't get- I mean, that's well, what a move. What a move from the bench at Tottenham to the bench at Bayern. What, what a good move from Dyer. What failing upwards, huh? Yeah, Harry Kane put in a good word, man. He's like, look, I need I need help settling into Germany, you know, uh bring in my boy Dyer. Get my get my buddy over here. You know what though I will say, the one thing that I will say about Dyer is that he's clearly like a good like leader and he's very good. Like I'm sure he's great in a locker room. And if like Kimmich and these other guys are like kinda on their on the fritz with Tuchel at Bayern, maybe Dyer's coming in there to be kind of a little bit of like a uh a presence in that locker room and like a professional. Oh yeah, moving on. Next one, Newcastle. I guess there's not really much news there. I think there's just rumors. I guess rumors that they can't buy players because the financial fair play, but they might loan. Like the Ruben Neves is kind of on their radar. Benzema, all these players from Saudi that they might loan out. And so you have a note that says "fucking suspect" here. Like you, you think it's like a little sketchy? Yeah, because Newcastle's owned by Saudi League by one of the the owners. And because they can't buy, but they can do loans. The problem is, is now they can go, they because they own Neves, they own Ronaldo and Benzema. How messed, I know they've got injuries and all that, but it's financial fair play and it's there for a reason. But I feel like this is completely wrong and shouldn't be done. Well, they 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 voted that this is allowed for the, this window. And then they're going to vote again to make it probably not allowed after this. Well, this is what it is. Too little, too late. Too little, too late. I'm not, I don't know. I feel like Newcastle needs... Another midfielder, and so it'd be a bummer if they don't get one. But I get it. I think the Benzema thing is really interesting. You know, you know what it reminds me of? What does it remind you of? Remember when West Ham got Mascherano and Tevez? Oh, but there wasn't there a lot of like really sketchy things about that. That that's what's that's, that's what, what I'm about. saying, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sketchy as well. Fun. I think for yeah, but no one really remembers that. They just remember how good both of them were. <laughs> I think for Benzema, I fucking well, remember uh, it. Their team is the team is struggling, so that one actually does have legs. <laughs> and I did read some stuff that they want to change this because the, you can't have one person on multiple teams in different leagues because they could just kind of decide who gets the whichever player. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's rules that are changing as like the times change, and this is definitely one of them. But uh, Benzema is really interesting. I think there's a bunch of teams like. I could like if I was Arsenal, I'd be I'd make a play for Benzema. Like, I don't understand how why that's not like it's like a, on a loan deal, so you don't really have to hit, don't get hit by financial fair play. Yeah, you have to pay his big wages, but like if you really want to be serious for the title, Arsenal should make that move. Personally, I think that. Mm. More realistically, I feel like Chelsea yeah. would do it just as like a because they cause they're terrible at doing business and like they don't realize that it's probably useless yeah. at this point but so yeah but that's kind of the transitioning arsenal i don't think they can afford a tony i don't think they can afford an Ossiman. so i think i think getting a guy on loan like a benzema would be unbelievable for them 
Imagine Benzema at Arsenal. I don't even want to I see it. Be, I don't really want to see it either. I'm kind of sick my stomach saying this, but I think it would make so much sense because he's like he's like a better version of um, Jesus. Like he does all the link up play things that Jesus does, but then he also can actually fucking bang in goals too. So I think well, it, I think it would be a we're gonna player. see because he's been uh, what has he been? He's been. He's been like kicked out of the team basically for for, for attitude or something. Like I think he's been. Uh, I mean, he definitely is, has is that. What I heard? That, that wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. All right, that's kind of it on the transfer market. It's been a pretty slow. I think I think everyone's like, you know, the market's so inflated and January's already so gross that like I feel like it's gonna be a slow january this year and then last thing the little cover here this is a fun little thing enzo added was top 10 most valuable players and this is worldwide not just the premier league and where did you get these numbers from enzo did you make them up no no this was from um, a site it's been on a couple punditries where they've gone through it's actually if you go on the internet you write this in these are the same 10 players you go on there it goes by basically contract age and worth so i know it's surprising on this list you don't see like mbappe on there it's because he's only got six months left on his contract you know what i mean so makes sense players like that you don't see you know what i mean like that's what it goes by so these are the most valuable players right now who are in contract okay so i'm gonna go backwards to front here uh at 150 million value martin odegaard is that who this is because it's spelled yep. wrong, if it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think there's an extra A in there. Not sorry. Sorry. 150, that's interesting to me after a very mediocre season this year. But I just see, they see potential there. Huh? Former yeah, former see. Real Madrid player. Did well at Arsenal for a while. Number nine is uh, Musiala, Bayern Munich, at 152 million. Number eight mm-hmm. is Julian Alvarez, 164 million. Number seven, Gavi, 175. Number six, Phil Foden, 195. Really? Is that just because he has a really long contract with City or something? Yeah, it's it feels got a so long contract high. and he's young. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait till you get to the top. Number five, Saka, 223. These numbers are crazy. Like no one's these these players are just, right. To me, this this tells me that these players are locked into these teams. Like no one can afford them. Yeah, they're on. Unaf- they're just they're unviable. And then four is uh, Rodrigo, uh, Real Madrid. Three Vinicius, two fifty. Two Holland, two fifty one. That seems like a lot too. Is that um? Does that have to do with his? It has to do with his contract too. Is he like in a three or four more year contract? Yeah, he's like got three more years in his contract. I could because I think Holland has a clause where he could, he could leave end of this year if I'm not mistaken. He does have a clause where he could terminate the contract early. Really, that's interesting. But all right, number one at two hundred sixty seven million valuation, Jude Bellingham. So of the final four. Three of them are Real Madrid players. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Man, but but honestly, those three Real Madrid players, come on, man. The way they've been playing this season, um, I've watched a few Real Madrid games. I won't admit to it to Tico, but Vinicius, is, he's amazing. Don't get me wrong, Jude. Jude's been playing really well. He's been a little bit quiet the last few games, but he's still very uh, dominant in the games. So Vinicius, Vinicius has been, has been injured this year, and when the yeah, year started, he was playing out of position. That's why his goals kind of drop. But the expect people cannot expect Jude to be scoring every game or every other game. That's not really his style of game. 
whatever goal you get from him, I feel like it's kind of bonus. I know he's been scoring insanely, but I don't think that's sustainable. Uh, but Vinicius and Rodrigo stepped up, especially when Vinny went out. Uh, he did have a first half hat trick in an El Clasico championship game. I think it's the first hat trick in one half in El Clasico history, which was amazing. But I was also surprised to see Gavi on, on this list too. Didn't he have that like fucking gruesome injury? It's interesting that like Gavi makes it, Pedri doesn't too. Just I think to Enzo's point, it must just be about the contract lengths and durations. I know that if it's either Gavi or Pedri that one of them is like potentially up for sale because Barca is like so down on their luck monetarily. Yeah, it's that financial fair play, man. They seem to... Yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, for Barca, it's not financial fair play. For Barca, it's like they're just are really bad at managing their money. So, Tico, you said you pulled up um, Holland's contract? He has a clause that could be triggered in this 2024 summer, but only from teams outside of the EPL. So if he gets sold, if he decides to leave, he, he won't be staying in the EPL. And that's... My hope is, Enzo mentioned Mbappe, let him stay in PSG and like ruin his career. I want Holland and Real Madrid. That's the player I'm much higher on than Mbappe. I think Holland at Real Madrid actually makes more sense than Mbappe at Real Madrid. Yeah, it does. But what's he, he could what's be sold if he wants to leave. It's kind of like an opt out where he gets sold, where he could leave it as long as it's not a team in the Premier League. Yeah, but is there a price? I'm sure there's a price, but just like City got him for a discount because he wanted to come play for them. If he says, "Hey, I want to leave," I don't think they're gonna hold him hostage. Well, that's how City is, too. You know how this contract is like Rodrigo, Vinicius, they have like a billion dollar uh, buyout clause, but they just put that just to make the players more valuable. They'll probably go, what, like 100 something million dollars? You know, Spain were the first ones to start doing it because of what the Premiership was doing when they were just buying players left, right, and center. Smart. The buyout clauses? Yeah. The 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 ridiculous buyout clauses. Just to be like, fuck off. It's pretty much like a fuck off clause. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that wraps it up for us today. My name is Keith. I'm with Tico and Enzo. This is episode 24 of Draft Offsides. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on TikTok, X, Instagram, and like and subscribe. Later. Later. Later.